Hello, hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Today's guest, I have been honestly giddy about this guest since I booked her because I have been Instagram stalking her for months, maybe over a year now. I can't even remember how I first discovered her. I think someone shared another account who maybe became a client of hers. Needless to say, I have been a number one fan ever since. And I say this, this is the measure of how much of a fan I am. I enjoy getting her emails every week. Now, I want you to think about this. How many emails do you get every week that you just delete without actually reading them? I mean, most of them. Let's be honest with ourselves, right? Except mine. Of course, you like my emails. But Hillary's emails are what I look most forward to every single week. And I'm not exaggerating, okay? So let's jump into the good stuff. Hello there, beautiful friend. I'm your host, Kaya, a cattle rancher turned accidental life coach after embarking on my own health journey, losing over 100 pounds, but most importantly, rebuilding my relationship with myself. Now I am more on fire than ever to empower others to create a healthy life that they love from the inside out by sharing the tools, tips, and strategies that I've learned and continue to learn along the way mindset, health, body image, self-love, entrepreneurship, and more. We're here to chat about climbing the mountains of life all while finding joy in the journey. Welcome to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Now let's get climbing. Hillary Weiss Presswood is a creative director, positioning coach, and founder of Statement Peace Studio at HillaryWeiss.com. She also co-hosts the cult favorite YouTube marketing talk show, Hillary and Margot Yell at websites, hashtag Hamya and had her work featured on Business Insider, The Next Web, The Observer, and more. Since 2011, she's helped thousands of brands all over the world get seen and heard and make some serious cash through her one-on-one client work, writing, coaching, and videos. Nowadays, she's on a mission to help more small businesses define their statement piece, aka the bold point of view that makes them radically relevant to their perfect people. Do you want to know more? Catch her riffs on all of the above on her blog or say what's up to her on Instagram at H.C. Weiss. That's H-C-W-E-I-S-S. Without further ado, let's welcome Hillary to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm also, I need to edit this in my bio. The Our beloved Hillary and Margot yell at websites is on indefinite hiatus at the moment. So I guess I'm technically a former co-host, but it is such a pleasure and privilege to be here. I've been counting down the days to this interview because the stocking has been mutual. Ooh, so ooh. I'm just so excited. Well, I am, All the goodness we're going to get oh, today. I'm so honored. <laughs> Hillary, I just feel like you're one of those people. When I discovered you, I was like, I need more of her. That is the energy that I want to surround yeah. myself with in this world or on the gram because we live very far away from each other. Now, before we jump into the good stuff, I want to hear more about you. For people that are maybe hearing about you for the first time and also just selfishly, I want to know hear more about your story. So tell me how you got into this line of work. Tell me about you being what you told me before the show as a swamp flower. Like, I just want to hear all the things, Hillary. <laughs> Well, like most children, I was born. And then after that, I started a business. There's some some stuff happened in between. No, so it's actually a pretty long story. So I, but I'll, I'll give you guys the spark notes, obviously. But I uh, got my start in the industry very young. I was 21. This was back in 2011. I was like a little tiny baby. Um, and I actually got my start as a copywriter. And I got my start in like the coaching, creativity, and lifestyle space. And I had always been a writer since I was like a teeny tiny little child. It was really a shock to me that this industry even existed, that I could get paid for being creative, let alone doing what I enjoyed so much, which was writing, my first love. And so I spent about 10 years in that category of the industry, and I worked across all types of 
businesses. I did some work in SaaS. I've done work in tech. I've done work in, I stayed in the coaching world because I love it as well. Also designers, uh, fellow copywriters I was working with. It was just so much fun to be working with creatives just across the board. Because that's one of the things I've always delighted in about this line of work is like, I get to be a creative's creative, which makes me just very, very happy. And so about three years before I officially retired from copywriting, so this would have been 2017, I started sort of setting my sights on the bigger picture. And I was like, okay, what do I actually want to be doing? Because it's copywriting is wonderful, but it teaches you so many amazing skills. So I had all this brain full of information. I had all this strategic support inside. I was kind of given away for free. Because, you know, when you're a copywriter and someone's like, I actually don't know how the offer is going to work. You're like, okay, let's fill in these blanks or I actually don't know who my audience is. Okay, let's do some research. So I had, again, all these skills from my time. Um, in the copy world, because again, a copywriter, what's so interesting about being a copywriting uh, copywriter generally is like, you get to be on the inside hull, like the engine room of a ship, like you have a full mm-hmm. scale of what's going on. So I learned so much working with like the beginner brands, my multi seven figure folks, like million dollar launches type thing. I just learned so much. So in 2017, I was like, you know, I think I want to go bigger with this. And overall brand strategy, positioning and creative direction was where I really wanted to go. So I ended up doing quite a bit of work before I made the transition. Um, I retired in 2020. And now what I do most of the time, it's actually fascinating because it's like 50-50. I have a positioning, coaching, and consulting side of the business where we do positioning and brand strategy for creative service providers and business owners and just you know my consultants, my marketing crew, all of those folks. And then on the other side, I do creative direction for a big range of brands where we're doing the visual direction, the brand strategy, photo shoots, overseeing website design and development. So that's what I do now. And it's a delight. And every day, especially when I'm on set running around, like hauling a bunch of uh, ball pit balls into a bathtub, I'm like, man, this is a very silly little job. And I'm very, very happy I get to do it. <laughs> and then aside from that, obviously, I'm, I love to write. Thank you so much for reading my emails. Still love to write. Um, I'm on Instagram. I create a lot of content. And I like talking about the experience of, cre- of business like as and personal branding, especially like as the ultimate form of creative expression right? Like how do we get to the guts of that? A big part of my job is getting to the guts of what things really mean and turning Mm -hmm. that into messaging strategy, visual brand, you know, positioning strategy, et cetera. um, That really works for people and is really unique. And it's just such Mm -hmm. a joy for me to do. And I kind of can't believe this is my job. So I'm just happy to be here. It's an honor just to be nominated. (laughs) I, I love it. I love it so much. And I feel like, okay, I have also been one of those people where I I'm in Hillary's DMs all the time saying like, I'm going to be your next client. I'm going to be your next client. I'm going to be your next client. And this is the thing I want to ask you because there could be some people listening to this who maybe they're a small business, maybe they're an established business and they're intrigued by what you're saying. And they might be asking themselves, well, when do I even need a copywriter? When do I even need a strategic positioning coach? Like, what does that mean? This is that's such a such a great question because positioning coaching did not exist. And I was like, this seems to be what I'm doing. So now it's just a phrase that we put a label on. But in terms of the tipping point, I find so I've done work with very early business owners and I love that crew, but my my people are more in that, I guess, middle to upper tier where you've kind of been doing business one way for a while, you've learned so much, but now you're ready to make some kind of pivot, some kind of adjustment. Either you realize you want to be doing like a higher tier of work. So we have to figure out, you know, and as a creative director, like you find out you want to do a higher tier of work, you want to be on a bigger stage, you want to be attracting a higher tier of client. That's when you want to 
consider a brand overhaul. That's when you want to consider like a high concept visual brand, all of those things that kind of build that instant trust because you know, you've kind of, your current brand has kind of brought you as far as you can, as mm-hmm. it can. And a lot of folks I work with are, have websites that are still from like five, seven, even 10 years ago. And they're like, mm-hmm. it's time. It's actually past time. And then the, on the positioning side, actually, so my positioning consulting started uh, to kind of help people in the position I was when I was ready to make my transition. And I designed it originally for creative service providers who were ready to stop doing hand-to-mouth contract work. They were like, mm-hmm. okay, so I, I could do these deliverables. I know I've got this, but I have a bigger, better strategy brain. Like I know I want to be actually focusing my energy here. I want to be a creative director and eventually I want to be a brand strategist. I want to be a messaging strategist. I want to be direct overseeing a team. How do I do this in a way that I can frame the business so either A, if this is what you're looking for, that is so it, people know it's not just me or that's not going to be just me forever. Or mm-hmm. B, how do I frame this in a way that people start seeing me in this new way and mm-hmm. I can start building my thought leadership brand, showing up more with these distinct ideas, really putting myself out there in a way that if I want to teach, speak, whatever it may be, I have mm-hmm. this platform that I've created for myself. Because I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of kind of, there's a lot of stuff for the beginners and there's a lot of stuff for the really advanced people, not mm-hmm. a lot of stuff for the people who are like middle to advanced. You know, yeah. a lot of my folks, you know, and the positioning people are a little bit earlier, creative direction people are a little bit more further along just for budget reasons and all of that. But mm-hmm. I find they're all at a turning point where it's, they can't see the forest for the trees. They've mm-hmm. come as far as they possibly can uh, with mm-hmm. their own knowledge and their own guidance. And now they need a strategist to kind of sit get in the muck with them, roll mm-hmm. up their sleeves, figure out what's actually going on. How do they really see things? What's their distinct point of view? What's mm-hmm. their distinct concept? What makes them so interesting and compelling yeah. to other people? So that's that's where I step in and get to work. Okay. This is so good because I, I hear you and I'm like, she's li- literally describing me right now. Did I bring her on the podcast <laughs> so that I could finally be convinced that I need to hire her? Maybe. It might this, be. This is a sales call, everybody. This is actually <laughs> a, a recorded sales call that y'all are invited to listen to. No, there's there's two things that you shared there that really stood out to me. The first one was this phrase where I'm going to say it differently, but essentially what got you to this point is not going to be what gets you to the next point. And I, I think a lot of early entrepreneurs, I know this is true for myself, are bootstrappers, right? You have more time than you have money. Mm -hmm. So you pull out of this stuff yourself, but in order to elevate yourself to the next level or to transition, sometimes it's going to take some outside perspective. And then the second thing that really struck me as you talked about this is that so many of the people that you're working with on strategy and positioning are strategists themselves. And what I think is interesting about this is some of the work that I do consulting wise and freelance is I help people with strategy as well. However, I feel like I'm hitting my head against a wall when it comes to my own strategy. You know, like therapists need therapists, coaches need coaches, and strategists need strategists. So my question for you is this, Hillary. Sometimes it is hard for us to know what the heck makes us so special and unique, right? Because we live with ourselves every single day. It all feels normal and natural. How do you help people discover and like distill what their secret sauce is? Well, I can't give all of that away on the podcast. No. (laughs) It's such a common problem because, you know, even the best creatives, it's impossible to read the label from inside the bottle, right? And for me, like, Mm -hmm. this is going to be a headline on my new site, which everybody tells me, which is, I need you to do for me what I do for my clients. And I'm like, welcome, friend. (laughs) But so in terms of how I approach it, 
every client is so different. And this is the joy of the work. Like I have worked with multiple people who are in identical categories, even working with very similar audiences, but there's some incredibly powerfully unique thing about them that we kind of Mm -hmm. suss out. And a big part of that process, of course, with like with any sort of good consulting or coaching relationship, it requires just asking some of the important questions, asking the right questions, and also coming at it with like, frankly, and this is going to sound a little esoteric, but like, or not esoteric, but a little maybe not woo, but frou-frou, where it's just, you have to get really curious. And that's a really joyful part of my work because I get in with a client and I have probably an idea of what I think I would want, uh, what I would want to do or where I think they could go. But time and time again, when I sit down with the client and I'm asking the questions and we're going through things and I find out how they feel about the business, about the kind of the way they want to work, the people they love working with most, the style they really enjoy when it comes to what they do, how they show up in their day-to-day life. Like what can they be always counted on for by their friends and family? All of these things matter so, so much. Mm-hmm. And it's such an interesting point we're at now with the online space getting so much bigger uh, in the last like two or three years. What's been really interesting is there's, I feel like there's never been such a big population of people where we are both the face of the business and the product. So I think this is a really interesting time for personal branding to really kind of mature. Uh, It was always seen as kind of like a fluffy, like, oh, your personal brand, who cares? So for me, when I'm sort of developing these concepts, they're, they're largely for personal brands where brands that are personality focused or have one or two people at the head as a figurehead. And what's mm-hmm. so important is being able to infuse that personality uh, that mm-hmm. makes that person magnetic and exciting and fun to follow with the strategy of what's going to get the business where they want to go. And that's really the joyful challenge because you have to strike just the right chord and everything mm-hmm. falls into place. And what's the most important end point of my work is making sure the client is bought in and the mm-hmm. client gets it. Because I've seen, you know, in my people come to me with all types of branding experiences. Some have none. Some have had, you know, spent in human amounts of money on coaches and brand strategists and all of this in the past, and it didn't quite work. And I think, like, I'm not here to shit on anybody else's or poop on anybody else's process. If I can swear on here or not, I didn't ask. You can. You can. But, <laughs> excellent. But it is interesting because I'm a big believer in slow branding for this reason. Like it is a fairly long process. Like at the baseline, we're doing six sessions or we're doing this digging because I want my clients to get it as much as I do. Because sometimes you can be handed a brand concept, an idea, a framing of your business. And you're like, this isn't quite right. But like, here I am and I spent all this money, dot, 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 Mm. question mark. What do we do? And so at every step of the way, we're making sure, okay, try this on. Does this feel right? Do we need to adjust it? And mm-hmm. I think too, a big part of my job is not when so, when I get pushback, not to say either like, no, you're wrong. It's got to be this or like, yep, done. I'm just going to dissolve. But to help them, like to discuss the idea with them, to delve deeper, to have mm-hmm. my reasons for why we're going in certain directions, share that with them, see what comes back and then move accordingly because this is what shapes brands, uh, the brands that I work on into just really powerful forces of nature that people aren't afraid to own and evolve Mm. over time, which is, you know, the sign of of every great personal brand, I think. I think that that is so powerful. And I love that you focus on that with your clients, because I think there's so many people that think a brand or branding is a logo, some headshots, (laughs) a website. But I love that you talk about they have to be bought into it themselves. Because what I've found too, even in my personal business is when I'm positioning myself on a new offer, how well it sells or doesn't sell has less to do with how pretty my graphics are and has more to do with the energy in which 
I sell it with. And so if I'm not brought in to the offer, if I'm not clear on it, it's going to flop. And I don't think that people get to the heart of that work as much as they might need to. Yeah. I, it's, and it's interesting because it's to, to a certain point, and this is what's also interesting because I get a lot of questions about this because I'm a copywriter who became a creative director. Mm-hmm. And by and large, we have designers who become creative directors in this space. So I, I get DMs like at least once a week from non-designers being like, I kind of want to be a creative director. What happened? Like, <laughs> how'd you get here? So it's a great <laughs> question. But I, I think it's in copywriting, you're forced to really understand from a deep strategic level why you're using a certain style, while you're using certain phrases, while you're sort of using this specific strategy. Whereas in design, it's sort of that, but the education you get in the field as a copywriter is just different in terms of how you understand concepts and how they thread through every piece of the business, mm-hmm. at least for me. Like I would say, mm-hmm. I can't, you know, no experience is universal, but when I talk to copywriters, like I think this is the case. And I think, and also there's a certain place for a brand that's colors and fonts and a logo and some nice mm-hmm. headshots. And that's when you're beginning. Like I get yeah. asked about this all the time because people are like, oh, or don't, don't look at my website. Like it's so bad. I'm just new, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, first of all, the website looks great. Like show it Squarespace, A plus templates, looking good, looking sharp. And when you are beginning, when you don't really know what you, what your distinctive yeah. factor is, you're just trying to put up a storefront. Hell heck mm-hmm. yeah. Like, hell yeah. You do your fonts, do your colors, beautiful. Just do something you like and get yeah. started, you know? Mm-hmm. But once you reach a certain point where you want to take the business somewhere beyond just, you know, expend, ex, mm-hmm. like exchanging effort for money. Like if you want to be a brand, if you want to have that platform, you know, speak, teach, whatever, then that's when the high concept brand, that's when the more detailed, the more granular, the more like you got to understand it and feel it and integrate it into yourself at a deep level. That's where that gets to be really important because you've got to run with it. You know, you want a brand that you're proud of. You want ideas that you can really own and like pitch to, you know, media or really friendly podcast guests and all of these podcast hosts, excuse me. And all these things kind of factor in. So when it, it, there's a, there are, there are levels to brands. I think the mm-hmm. base level fonts, colors, photos, there's a place for that. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Get it done. But when you, when you want something very specific to do mm-hmm. something very specific with the business, with your vision, with mm-hmm. your presence, then that's where high concept comes in and makes a lot of sense. Because again, when you understand not just who the audience is, what they want and what you offer, but also like what's the visual language that ties in with all this. Mm-hmm. Why did we choose these colors and fonts? Like, what is the like underlying mission and all of this? What's the concept that's kind of guiding everything? Mm-hmm. That's where stuff really gets powerful and, and unforgettable in a way you need it to when you want to build something bigger. Mm, makes so much sense. So what I'm hearing is, friends, if you are out there and you just have a logo, and maybe you don't even have a logo yet, logo, fonts, and colors, you're killing it. You're doing great. And that's a beautiful place to begin. No, such a good reminder because I think that we also, okay, this is how I imagine, I don't know if this is your experience, but as you're talking about this, what I imagine is you you onboard a new client and it's kind of like a person going into the doctor's office. Like the first thing they feel like they need to do is apologize for all the things that they didn't do, right? Like I just did it this week with my dentist. Every time I go to the dentist, I'm like, Lisa, I know we talked about flossing last time, but I just need to get it off my chest. Like I need to apologize. And I imagine onboarding clients with you, you're like, listen, I know my website is not amazing. <laughs> Every Every single time, yeah. And I was like, I'm sorry. And also, because all my people are type A or type A plus plus, so they're also like, and I don't think I filled out the onboarding form correctly. And I blah 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 blah. And your team is so bad. I'm like, I'm like, okay, welcome. This is exactly a good starting point. Because again, like we're all a little neurotic out here on these internet sure. streets. It's why we're entrepreneurs, right? 
But yeah, it is, you nailed it. That's so funny. Yeah, 100% of the time that does indeed happen. Oh my gosh, too funny. Do you know what my favorite thing ever in the entire world is? Talking. Surprise, surprise, I have a podcast, but not just talking into a microphone. No, my favorite thing ever is talking and connecting with people. And more than anything, really empowering people to recognize their own power and magic within them. In fact, I love it so much that I have opened up my calendar for you to be able to book your very own Power Hour coaching session with me. So if you're needing some support to tackle your big goal, whatever that may be, maybe overcome self-doubt or reconnect with yourself on a deeper level, if you've ever wanted to pick my brain, bounce some ideas off of me or ask me for specific guidance when it comes to business or making a website or launching a podcast or really whatever it is, or heck, even if you just need to laugh, cry or dance with someone, by golly, I am your girl. I have just opened up my private one-on-one coaching power hour sessions. Now, what does that mean? Well, a power hour means that you get to book me on my calendar for one hour. That's one hour, no strings attached. You don't have to commit to some long coaching program. It's just you and me and an empowered hour for connection, coaching, and growth in whatever topic and whatever direction you want to go. Because guess what I love? I love talking and I love you. And I would love to help support you in whatever way I can. If you're interested in booking a power hour coaching session with me, visit coachkaya.com forward slash coaching or visit the link down below in the show notes. Again, to book a call with me, that is coachkaya.com forward slash coaching. I cannot wait to chat with you. Okay. So if someone is coming to your website right now, Hillary, or to your Instagram, I imagine they're going to see some bold colors, some super fun photography, disco balls everywhere. Seriously, y'all need to just just go peruse her website. Okay. It is like very bold and bright. And I would say from what I know of her completely matches her personality. My question for you, if you don't mind going into the way, way back machine, have you always been so sure of yourself and your own positioning? Or what does that journey look like for you as a brand? Oh, I love this question. So I know, of course not. First of all, I started off as just I started off as a tiny, tiny baby in these streets. And I'm actually Was it just fonts and a logo and yeah, colors? Was, so this is this is actually really funny. So if you if you guys go, if you you all you sweet listeners go to Hamyaw on YouTube, H A M Y A W, our first episode, you will see me roasting my first ever website. Ooh, I need to go back to the website. Let me tell you, I was partnering with a designer at the time um, as a business partner, still a dear friend of mine. And she, she put up a website in a day. And I just remember being like, okay, what do people seem to want? Like, what am I always seeing? And this was, I don't know if any of y'all, if any of you good listeners remember or were around in the space for this era, but this was like the cozy internet era. This is on the blogosphere, like the craft blogs were really big and like a beautiful mm. mess was really huge. And they, so it was like a lot of like soft pinks and seafoam yes. greens and yellows yes. and like curly Q fonts. And like, I had like sunflowers at the top border and it was fine, but yeah. it was so girly because I was in a female led space and I'm not really yeah. like, I'm, I'm very feminine, but am I yeah. like super girly? Like not necessarily. You know, I got a lot of math. I love my feminine. I love my masculine. I'm a good blend. But I just remember thinking like, oh, well, what do the people want? okay, soft colors. I got to be non-threatening. And so I was like, cause I'm a big personality. And that's actually an interesting piece of it too. Cause it was a lot of like, okay, water it down, water it down. Cause mm. my whole, like 
it's, I was born and I, I talk about this a lot. Like I was born with a Godzilla of a personality. It just, it came with the package. It's a feature, not a bug. It just, I was very tiny, maybe very large. I came out screaming and I haven't shut up since. So <laughs> when I was in business, I was like, nobody's going to want some like crazy loudmouth lunatic 21 year olds working mm-hmm. on their copy. They're going to want somebody who fits the mold. So I think I had like a white button down and like a straw boater hat. And I just looked very like very soft, very like, mm-hmm. hello, good to meet you. And I made, I made like a really silly joke on the homepage that was like, by day, I'm a copywriter doing really cool words for like online business owners. And by night, I'm still all those things. It's just dark outside. So that was really pleased with that little joke on my own homepage. But then after, so after that, it, I had that site for like three or four years. Um, and I was like, it was, it was one of those things where I was like, don't look at it. Don't look at it. Don't look at me. We're good. Okay. It's not really me. Anyway. And so I did a rebrand again, I want to say 2015 or 2016. So this is a few years later. And that was a, ve- a very different vibe. It was like, so, so I, I called it, I think the, this was again, it wasn't high concept. Like this was just colors and fonts. And so I was like the style, I want it to be nasty gal goes to Brooklyn. Cause this was like, Ooh, love that. Yes, exactly. You know exactly what I'm talking about. What a pivot. What a pivot. I know. Well, nasty gal, well, that's nasty gal was still good quality before Boohoo bought him out. Anyway, I still have some of those like original pieces in my closet. And I'm like, what happened, Sophia? But the, so it was like very angular and I went total opposite to what I'd done. So it was like very ang- sharp angles, no like soft edges. It was very geometric. Uh, it was like navy blue, powder blue, and like a nude and white. And it was just really kind of in your face, very bold, a little bit edgy, edgy elegance. Um, and I did like a, a, a buddy of mine shot me or not, excuse me, photographed me. It's like a Terry Richardson style against the white wall with like the high exposure, which was very hot at the time, even yes. though Terry Richardson's a terrible person. Let's acknowledge that we move on. And so that, and that felt very Brooklyn to me, felt very edgy. And that, people started seeing that brand and things started to pick up. People were like, oh, okay, this girl knows her stuff. And I'd already been doing okay behind the scenes, but that's when people really started to take notice and take me seriously. Cause I had mm-hmm. like a brand, you know? Mm, yeah. And then I hung out with that brand for a few years and then, I ended up like the vision for my current brand actually formed really slowly. It started. So the disco balls were because of what a coach had said to me at one point where I had, I was working on a copywriting course and I had written a sales page for it. And it was like the most stodgy. I had like looked around at what everyone else was doing. And I was like, what do people care about? Okay. Copywriting that converts. All right. So I'm going to just feature that. And not, not good copywriter behavior, by the way, don't do that. <laughs> Everybody listening to this, do not do it that way. But I ended up like with a very like buttoned up kind of stuffy sales page that checked all the boxes and was correct for like from a strategic standpoint. Mm-hmm. But my coach at the time had looked at it and she was like, Hillary, respectfully, whose sales page is this? And I was like, <laughs> what? And she was like, this is not you. Like this, I've seen this sales page a hundred times. This is not your sales page. I need you to put your disco dress on and Ooh. rewrite this and let's try this again. And I was like, Okay, <laughs> you can't say it, but I'm miming tears. That was upset. I worked on that thing, but she was a hundred percent right. Um, Erica Lerimark, by the way, great human being, great coach. And so that was where the disco balls came from. And disco ball light bulbs were like a logo mm. for my first copywriting course, which is long retired. Uh, mm. So we sort of brought that over. And then for me, it was because I'm a I'm a zag when they zig kind of gal. And mm. I remember looking around at the industry. I was like, okay, what colors are popular right now? What's going on? And this was 20, I think the actual 
rebrand launched in 2018 or 2019. So this would have been 2017, 2018. It was a lot of like, everyone was rose gold, remember? Mm -hmm. And like, there were a lot of deep purples and like all Mm -hmm. these things. And it was beautiful. But I was like, you know what? I don't see anybody using primary colors. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I like? Primary colors. I'm like, but how do I do this without making it look like a kindergarten? But nobody else was using them. The more I thought about it and the more just like I learned about Mondrian, who's the artist who also inspired my red, yellow, blue, is that this abstract artist, Mondrian, distilled everything down to its core essence, which is these three colors, red, yellow, Mm. blue. And I was like, oh my God, that's what I'm doing with my work. So bit by bit, pieces came together. And I sort of had the vision in my head. I directed photo shoots before, but at the time I did um, Sarah Ashman's mirror brand. It was the beta, the first time she'd ever run the course. So I jumped in and used that to figure out the name Statement Piece Studio. And she ended up helping me do my first photo shoot. And then a couple more after that to bring it across the finish line. The ones you see now are all directed by me because obviously it's been years, but Mm -hmm. it was just so much fun to put those pieces together kind of slowly. And then ultimately um, Sarah started mentoring me in creative direction and I did her certification down the line. I don't think she offers it anymore, but it's a part of the story. So that's sort of how the brand came to be. And Statement Piece Studio, it just makes a lot of sense. Because I was like, wait a minute, because this was the question that Sarah asked in Mirror Brand, like, what is something that you could always be counted on to be doing? Like, how do you show up to brunch? How, what do your friends always know is going to be happening when you rock up? And I was like, I'm always wearing a statement piece of clothing or jewelry. Like, always. Because I, again, I'm a talker. So I want you to be either immediately turned off by me or immediately intrigued. That way I know who to talk to and who I'm working with here. (laughs) And so then branding works in much the same way, right? Like you present a brand, you put yourself out there to attract, to magnetize your ideal people and repel the people you Mm -hmm. don't want. So it all just fits together really beautifully. Um, And now that it's been years of owning it and years of just loving my brand for what it is and also getting lots of compliments you know, that it doesn't hurt <laughs> and just owning it. And I'm even working on a website redesign now, but I'm keeping all my colors, like the colors, the disco balls, they're here to stay, mm-hmm. but it's been such a joyful experience in ownership over colors and ideas. Cause people send me disco ball stuff. People send me red, yellow, blue stuff to my DMS. Like again, like daily, they're like, yeah. and it's sometimes it's like the same product over and over. So I'm like, I just got to buy this. So people's stuff said to me, but I love it. <laughs> And it's such a fun way to stay connected. And the fact that people like will be out in the world, all over the world, and think of me when they see red, yellow, blue, like mm. it's been such a joyful experience in experiencing that sense of ownership mm, and that yeah. growth. And people always ask me, you know, how do I develop a brand with the kind of staying power that yours has? And, you know, the kind of brand that people will see it and think of me. And what it really is, like, yes, it's distinct ideas, high concept of great photos, all these things, but it's ownership. It's showing up and putting your brand colors out there again and again and again and talking about the same sort of things and being upfront with your style and being yourself so you stay consistent, all of these things. So it's just been a beautiful journey of not only like developing the original idea, but also sticking around and staying visible long enough to really own it. And that's really where the work is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Long answer to that question. No, I, I love it. And honestly, if as if I could love your brand anymore... I didn't think I could, but like knowing that and understanding the distilling it down to its primary pieces, like that is perfect. Like it makes so (laughs) much sense. Now there is a word that came up for you as you're sharing this story several times. And it's one of my favorite words. It's actually in the tagline of this podcast. Oh my God. And it's joyful. I feel like I've heard you say the word joy and joyful a lot lately. And I'll be honest with you right now in this phase of business that I'm in right now, I feel very scattered. It's 
And I I know that a a lot of that is that I'm a very multi-passionate person and I say yes to way too many things. Let's be clear there. But I've been feeling a little bit like, okay, how do I bring the joy back into my brand? And from what, you know, outside looking in at the work that you do with all of your clients, I don't think I've ever seen a client working with you that isn't just full of joy. Like your photo shoots, I'm just like, I want to be in the room. I don't even care if I'm the one in front of the camera. I just feel like you have this beautiful way of bringing people's unique joy back in their brand. And I think it's easy for us to lose that when we're in like the trenches of entrepreneurship. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think it's there. So there's always ups and downs, right? Like there's no business is going to feel super happy, clappy, super fun time all the time. Mm -hmm. But I'm so glad you see that too, because joy is such a big part of my work. Like my name literally means cheerful. I'm a joy hoe. I just will run and chase it every turn. And it's so important. And I love, thank you so much for reflecting that back to me about photo shoots, because it's actually really important as a creative director, you control the energy in the room. And yeah. I'm a very high energy person. And it's it's interesting because you have clients coming in and they're not models. And, every, and they're stunning, by the way. Like, yeah. oh, my clients are so gorgeous. And it's so much fun for us to do when they get to feel like a queen and there's wardrobe and all mm. that. But you come, and like a lot of people aren't comfortable in front of a camera. You know, for doing sure. a photo shoot is confronting. It's difficult. Mm-hmm. It's gonna, all of your body stuff comes in with you. And every woman has that. So for me, a big part of the experience is like, yes, hyping up the client. But again, like this is where the concept comes in because we, if you keep them connected to that thing, which is based on who they truly are, their talents, their joy, and we're sharing that message in the room, it gives them something to focus on. And then that's when the, all the upliftment, we, I have a great team too. We're a bunch of hype girls and we mean every word of it too, which is why it yeah. works. But we're just in the room having a great time. We're coming up with fun concepts. We're, we, we have concepts with us, excuse me. But we're experimenting, we're playing. And our job is to make it as joyful of an experience as possible. Um, but I think, again, like to your point, business, the joy in business, like it's, it, it's like a light, it's like a dimmer sometimes. And sometimes you don't notice when the, mm-hmm. the light has gone down. It's sort of like I have a USB charged makeup mirror in my room. And sometimes it doesn't last very long. It's not very good. So sometimes I'll be most of the way done through my makeup and I'm realizing like, I can't see. Oh, it's fading. You know, I need to plug this into the charger. Yeah. So sometimes you won't, and joy in business is much the same where you're just working so much that sometimes you look around and you realize your joy light is just dim. And so for me, a big, and that's happens to me. It happens to everybody, especially like this time last year, I, I hit like a major wall in business. And I was like, is this still going to work? How are we going to live? But obviously it was not that serious, but your brain always goes to the worst case scenario. Of course. But for me, I think the that feeling that the joy the joy bulb is dimmer, there's two things to do. Like one, you gotta look around and figure out like what's zapping that battery. And it could be a way that you're working with people, it could be a type of client you're working with, it could be one or two specific people, either on your team, in your orbit, on your client roster, who you're like, wait a second, like this person is taking so much more energy from me than I'm receiving from that process. And that's always an interesting crossroads to be at too, because I think some of us, especially the the more determined among us, will sometimes have a client who's sort of an energy zapper and our response is actually to pour more into them. Just to be like, okay, well, actually, if I could, their tank is just low. So if I pour more in, then I will, then something will happen. And it just, sometimes it works, but sometimes there's a hole at the bottom of their bucket, you know? 
And so really assessing like what are the things that you need to stop doing? What are who are like who in your path seems to be draining that energy, that that joy, mm-hmm. that joy bulb. Uh, and then second, it's really paying close attention to the stuff that brings you joy. Like the work mm-hmm. that you really, really, really relish that doesn't feel like it's sometimes it will always feel like work, but doesn't really feel like work. Keeps you mm-hmm. in that flow space, lights you up. What are you looking forward to doing every day? And that is just such an important place to sort of plant your flag. And that's always my barometer. Like if I'm not having fun, something is wrong. Like why yeah. am I in business if I'm not having a good time in the way I want to have a good time? Um, and I've certainly worked hard to have the privilege of being able to make those choices. You know, not everybody does depending on what phase they're of business they're in. But I find the joy piece that I'm sure this is why you talk about it too and why it's in the tagline. It's the engine. It's the gasoline. Mm-hmm. You know, some people do the, this work for the clout. Some people do it for the money. Some and we all do it for the money. Let's be real. Um, some people do it for the you know. Oh, there's all so many reasons like that are fueling what moves your business forward. But for me, like joy is always, always, always at the crux of it. Because if I am enjoying myself and having a great time, things are easy. If I am not and I'm hating my life, everything very quickly collapses in on itself. So mm. I know which which portion I try I just try to stick to, that's for sure. Maybe it's the same for you. Do you feel similarly about the little joy joy engine? Yes, absolutely. And in fact, this at the beginning of this year, I created kind of like four guideposts for me in life and in business. Amazing. And one of one of those four was follow your joy. Yes. And I just feel like I've been, I'm all about this idea of no emotions are bad emotions. All emotions are yeah. here to tell us something, right? And so, you know, like welcome jealousy into your life. Jealousy is a great yeah. indicator of the things that you want to create more of in your space. Also like low energy, that's a great indicator, like you said, of where do I need to, you know, change how I'm working with these people or these clients. And I just feel like the more we can cultivate joy in our life in all different ways and joy in our business, the more long-term sustainable that it is. And I just, I don't know if we were given a different message when we were younger, but I feel like I know so many people that are, that do not put those two words in the same category. They don't think of work and joy going together. They think of like, I go to work, I get the stuff done, and then I can come home and do the things that sound fun to me. And I'm just not, as an entrepreneur, I do not subscribe to that belief. I'm I'm with yeah. you. If, if I if it's not fun, then I'm doing something wrong. Where I struggle, Hillary, is okay. There's a lot of fun, shiny objects that bring me a lot of joy in this world. And it's easy to be distracted and yeah. do a thousand things and realize, like, wait, what is my job now? You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, this is, it just sort of, for me, and that's such a great point too, because I'm also a do all the things type, but I found a good qualifier for me. Please. It's please. like, okay, do, especially when it comes to the business is it's figuring out like, okay, what do I enjoy most that moves the needle the most? Ooh, like, yeah, that's, that's the organization. Because <laughs> I will do what, I just love talking to people. I love people in general. Like I will just, I'm yes. just there to vibe. I'm just happy to be here. But I think for me, it's like, what what's moving the needle forward? And yes. two, I think it's also what, like, what kind of joy am I getting? Like, is it just like, wee, this is fun, which is great. Or is it yeah. like, man, this is like deeply fulfilling. And I find myself smiling. Yeah. Doing this. Like, right. Like ranking joy. feels like such a, much like a terrible concept, but really thinking about like, okay, what piece of it brings you joy? Are you bringing like, and the other thing is like, are you, is this bringing you joy because you're helping somebody or because you're yeah. contributing to a larger creative project? In which case, like if we're doing this for random reasons over here, how can we bring this more intentionally into what we're doing? So thinking yeah. about what moves the needle, I think, and also thinking about like what joy source do you want to prioritize right now? 
Yeah. No, I love that. Those are such important distinctions. I also just feel like you could totally add your tagline. Tag like I'm a, a professional viber. Like I just feel like that is you. Also, I think I can't even remember. There was some event you're going to in New York. It looked like a good time. I can't even remember what it was now. You'll remember probably when I talk about this. Yeah. And I don't remember what your your language was, but basically you're like, hi, I am like the go-to extrovert in the room. If people don't <laughs> want to talk to people or want to have a good time, come find me. And I have always said that in like my friend groups, in my family, in whatever room I walk into, I am the emotional support extrovert. Like if you want to go yep. to the party and eat the snacks and say you left your house, but you don't actually want to speak to people or like get on the dance floor, hire me. Like I have, speaking of shiny objects, Hillary, I don't think this will ever happen, but side business idea, I had this idea of like, I want to become a professional wedding goer, not a wedding crasher. There's a difference. Okay. I'm invited. In fact, my services are important that I'm paid to be there. Okay. Yeah. And I am, first of all, I am ordained. So if I, they need me to marry them, I can. Okay. Then if they had a dramatic bridesmaid, happy to fill in or groomsmen, you know, I'm pro that as well. I could be, I, I've been a flower girl before. I don't think that you can age no. out of that. So I'm here. No, if you need not. someone to like mediate between your weird uncle and like <laughs> your cousin Susie, and also someone to be the first one on the dance floor and to make sure everyone's having a good time. I can be that person. Like, I would just love that so much. Maybe not the best business move for me, but something to think about. For listening, this is how you know you're talking to a coach to the core, okay? Like, to the very depths of your being, you are a coach, and that's how you know. You want to be coaching people at their weddings, which is the most intense time. But no, I'm, I'm so with you. So the, I love that you brought this up. So this is actually the failure ball which my friend Jess Manusik runs in Denver. <laughs> and it was the the resident extrovert sash. That, that's, that's my role. Oh, yeah, I, it was it. My, I, have, I still have it. It's in my, she's not running it this year, but next time I will be there in my little sash. Oh my I, God. I well, if you need a sidekick, I'll, I'm there. Please. There's got to be two of us. We need more. The, event, the event's going. We're gonna, I'm going to need, a, I'm gonna need a, a second, a double, a second in command. But no, be a co-extrovert. Because the other thing is like, I love that you raised the extroversion point because I'm a, I'm a big time extrovert. Almost yeah. all of my clients are introverts. And so it's actually really fun. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, like Renee, say you're big time monster extrovert like me. There are yeah. a few, but I would say there are actually far fewer extroverts in the, in the industry than introverts because I find mm. most of the extroverts find their way into sales. <laughs> sales <laughs> just going. And I never seen them again. But the, I think in online business, like I get asked this a lot because people are like, well, Am I, can I still have a really interesting brand if I'm not as loud as you? Like if I don't make jokes like as quickly as you do. And it's like, absolutely. Yes. The majority of the, like introverts own the internet, like internet introvert. Come on. There's no, are we not seeing the connection? It's all a conspiracy. But the interesting thing about being compelling as a brand is about ownership of that brand, ownership of what the idea is, which doesn't necessarily have to be something obnoxious and loud. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to put on like a fake personality. It's about like the things that you nerd out about quietly or otherwise mm -hmm. are a key part of that brand. How you treat people, how you love to show up, how you understand what's in front of you, how you describe things, how you see the world. All of that is so relevant. You don't need to be a super loud mouth like us to make yeah. that work for you. And I think that's what also holds a lot of people back them doing the bigger brand thing. They're like, I actually don't mm. think I'm interesting enough. And I was like, oh, let me tell you, let me tell you, friend, I've yet to meet an uninteresting person and I've been around a long time. I actually thought about writing an opt-in once that was like incredibly interesting in parentheses on the internet. Um, to just help people see that. But yeah, yeah. I, I'm so with you um, because I think what, and also as extroverts, I think we've had to figure out how to temper ourselves. 
and not True. be so much. And we're always trying to figure out how to not take up, like not be so loud that we terrify people, you know, <laughs> on the Instagram grid yeah, and all of that. So it's, it's really give and take, but I love that you raised the extrovert point because there are dozens of us, dozens, you know, we're doing good work out here, but yeah, by and large, yeah. you know, introvert extrovert does not make a, a difference in terms of how compelling your brand can be I think even though that's not the question you asked that's something I'm no thinking. I think that's I think that's actually so fascinating because I'm sure there's some introverts listening to this because one of the questions I also get from people a lot on like the coaching side of things I get dms all the time from people um in fact one of my whole keynotes is all about cultivating confidence the question I get from people is I wish I was more confident like you. Yeah. And what yeah. I tell them is, no, you don't want to be confident like me. You want to be confident like yourself because confidence comes in a lot of different packages and a lot of different Amen. forms. We're yeah. like the loud and bold statement piece confident people, but there is also a quiet sense of confidence. They're both confident. It just has a different flavor. Yeah. So I love, I love that point so, so much. As a side note, the other reason why I love you Basically, I'm just obsessed with you, Hillary. Your love, that. your shared love of cats. I just need you to know that I'm I'm recording this outside in my yarden studio, and I have five little sleepy barn cats just all around me. And I feel like you would appreciate that. I I you know if we were on a Zoom call, I would demand to be introduced. Yeah. Um, I think it's good just don't you listen. It's disrespectful not to introduce me to barn cats. I'm looking at my cats. So for those listening, if you don't know me, I have one cat called Ham. Um, his full name is Hammy Robbie, but affectionately called Mister Ham. And then Dolly Parton is our little gray cat. Oh, who's, God, oh yeah, big cat. And they're in love. They're like four years apart. We got Dolly after our other cat passed away. And she's her head is on his butt right now. Oh, um, they oh, just sleep together oh, and they snuggle. Oh. And they're, they're best of friends. It's, oh, I love I cats. Love it. I love it love so them. much. Every internet person needs a cat too, I'm just saying. I, I agree. I agree. I used to be a dog person and then um, my husband converted me. And now I'm like See? unapologetically crazy cat mom, you know? Can't Amen. And the algorithm yeah. knows it. I'm not mad about the cat content that I'm getting served <laughs> on really, regular. They really peg us as cat they people. Do. Like it's like get these cat underpants for your husband. And I'm like, I might well. Like, you're like, actually, I'm actually a terrible gift giver, but I might need to get my husband some of those. I think he'd actually really enjoy that. <laughs> I have um so ham is my husband's cat. I call him my yeah. husband's familiar because they're like best, best, best friends. Oh, um, they sense each other's moods. It's very sweet. But I have, he has socks with Mr. Ham's face on them, oh which gosh, was it. served up to me on an Instagram ad. So, See, you know, advertising works, people. It does. You heard it, it here really first. <laughs> um, Hillary, one of the questions that I like to ask everybody that comes on the show, the show is called Climbing, and it's a metaphor for life of climbing the mountains of life. Lots of highs, lots of lows. And I'm curious right now in this season of your life or your career business, what is a mountain that you're currently climbing? Oh, this is such a great question. For me... It's like the it's like the what's next mountain. I think I don't know if that's I like if that makes a lot of sense. But I would say like what's really wonderful at this point is I have achieved what I wanted to what I've wanted to achieve in terms of what I want the business to look like. You know, we've got really wonderful a very small group of positioning, consulting, and coaching clients. I have some incredible full suite creative direction clients going on. And now, you know, we've done incredibly well this year. We cleared something like five hundred, well, close to five hundred k in sales. That's books wow. business, by the way. Yeah, not, that's like, amazing. Not, not profit, not profit, but so far. So we've done really, really well. And so I'm actually slowing down in August just to figure out like, what do I actually want mm-hmm. next? Mm-hmm. You know, because there's so many different ways we can go, which yeah. is really, it's a thrill. Like, I'm so happy to be here. And I think for me, the mountain I'm climbing also is the hard question you actually have to ask yourself, because we're seeing this happen across the industry, is these huge seven-figure, multi-seven-figure companies are either shutting down mm-hmm. or firing their entire teams and streamlining mm-hmm. just because mm-hmm. I think if in the 2020 and 2021, like 
scale apocalypse where everybody was just like, everyone was growing so fast, hiring huge teams and all of this. They've now sort of doubled back and pared down because you yeah. get to a certain point where you're like, is it even worth it? Like, yes, we're making this much money and revenue, but you know, what's my take home? I have the sprawling team. It's stressing me out to run this huge community and blah, blah, blah. So for me, I'm just, I'm trying to think through what's next before I get there because mm. my, if my MO is only growth, then I've already lost. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I can yeah. always grow, but it's got to mean something. And so in terms of my, my battle, I think for me, my mountain, it's like, what happens next? But also I want to come back to myself as a creative a little bit. Like I wrote a mini book, which is hopefully coming out soon. But one thing I've been reflecting on. Oh yes. So it's a little mini book. It's only four chapters. Um, Hilariously, it's been delayed from publication because my sister, my PhD ass sister marked it up to hell. (laughs) (laughs) My sister's not in the industry, but I still have to go through it with her until I send it. Cause I'm like, well, now I got to look at it. She's like, you need to learn how semicolons work. And I'm like, (laughs) ma'am. we don't need semicolons it's m dashes all the way but i think for me just because so my first love was writing and i'm Mm. so lucky to be able to do the creative work that i do but i think one of the things that really feeds my soul that goes neglected over periods where i'm pushing hard with the business is just doing purely creative things for purely creative creativity's sake i didn't want to write a business book but i ended up writing a book about technically about personal branding but what it's called is Trust Your Talent, a personal branding primer for exceptional creatives. And it's all about starting to see, like understand why the way you see things really matters and is like the crux of how you should be making decisions. And that is actually not even, I didn't want to write a workbook. I didn't want to write a how-to. So they're just four stories. And I'm just like, here's some things to think about. Here's a funny story. And here's the thing to think about. Anyway, next, next chapter. So that felt really good. But for me, I'm just like, you know, I think my Instagram stories are such a wonderful creative outlet for me where I just talk I about my deep That's very silly. <laughs> Thank you. I love Thank them you. so much. Yeah, I just talk about random stuff on my IG stories. And so I'm just, I'm also playing with that. So it's like, where do I want the business to go? Do mm-hmm. we make, you know, head for the seven figure finish line? Or do we scale back? Do I actually, mm-hmm. need, what do I actually need? How much is enough? And then in tandem with that, it's, you know, when it comes to my create, just creativity for pure creativity sake no one needs to see it i don't need to sell it i don't need to market it like mm-hmm. what could that look like in this season ahead so mm-hmm. i don't know if that counts as a mountain but it certainly feels like one. Oh my gosh yeah no i love that because i have found myself as a creative i feel like i've been losing my creative outlets for the sake of creativity and what i notice that every time i see something that i'm doing creatively i'm like <gasps> I need to find a way to sell this or I need to find a way to market this. I'm like, hey, stop. Hey, you don't need, you don't need to sell everything or like try to make everything profitable. Like, why do we do that? Oh my gosh. I feel that deeply in my soul, Hillary, deeply in my soul. And I also just think it's so refreshing hearing an entrepreneur, a very successful entrepreneur talk about how growth doesn't have to be the only goal, right? I think it's just yeah. kind of shoved down our throats of like, grow, scale, grow, scale. And that's great yeah. if that's what you want to do, but there's more to life and business than just growth. So I find that so refreshing. Now I have a second, a follow-up question to that question, Wait, which goes along with the tagline is in that climb of your journey right now, where are you finding joy in that? Oh, everywhere. Uh, and I just, I'm like a little, I'm just like a little kid with that kind of thing. But I would say like the deepest joy, obviously I love the work I do with my clients and my photo shoots and just bring it to life. But for me, let me think, what is the most, what is the most 
joyful. I think the most joy I'm finding right now is the conversations that I'm having with people like Mm. this one, of course, but the conversations that my work is sparking, the things people are coming to me with that I just Mm. really relish and enjoy. And I think Mm -hmm. it's the challenge of being at this level and having the specialty that I do, because Mm -hmm. it is fairly distinct. Like there's not a lot of people doing what I do in the way that I do it. And so I think for me, like I get the biggest kick out of just talking to somebody for a while in the DMs, just finding out what's happening and getting weird questions and messing around with people in my Instagram stories and treating, I think what it really is, is it's my community. Because I feel like we're all such, so like, we're tight, you know, we're like, again, not not in like the parasocial way, but like I put, I play a game with y'all in my stories and people participate, you know, like I make a joke and people laugh and like add their Mm -hmm. own things. And for me, that's really the joy is feeling like I have a real community out there that's like in the journey with me in a way that I don't think I've ever experienced before, just because I think I've been committed to visibility in the way that I have, especially the last couple of years. So good. So, so good. Man, Hillary, I just have loved this conversation so much. I know that you and I could talk for hours and hours, but I'm not going to do that to our listeners today. So (laughs) where can they find you? How can they get in their orbit? Tell us all the things. Oh, let me tell you everything. This is where I use my radio announcer voice. So let's hear it. I'm ready. So my site, before I get into the voice, the site is going to be redesigned soon. So if you want to take it in in all of its current glory, please do. So you can find me on my website at hillaryweiss.com. That's www.hillaryweiss.com. Or you'll find me on Instagram at H.C. Weiss. That's H-C-W-E-I-S-S. You'll see me on there as Hillary Weiss Presswood because that's my married name. Well, technically Hillary Presswood, and I'm trying to ease everybody into calling me that. So come say hey. You can find me on Facebook under the same name. You could find me on LinkedIn, but I spend no time there. So maybe don't. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at H.C. Weiss as well. And I'm actually on TikTok now doing a little bit, of, a little bit here and there at Hillary Disco. And if you want to sign up for my newsletter, you can do so at hillaryweiss.com backslash subscribe or just catch it on the homepage. But for those listening, if you enjoyed this episode, I would love to say hi. Love making new friends. I don't bite. I control all my own social media, which some people don't think I do, which is kind of weird. I'm like, my following is not that big, guys. But come say hi. Shoot me a DM. Tell me something you took away from the podcast, something that you like or a question that you have. I'd love to say, hey, don't be a stranger. I love making new friends. Oh, I love it. We will make sure to have all of those things linked down below in the show notes. And seriously, 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 do yourself a favor and get on her email list. It's gold. It's like a story time every single week. I love it so much. I cannot wait to read your mini book. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for just being so bold and unapologetically yourself and giving other people permission and empowering them to do so in life and in business. You are seriously such a light in my life and I know the lives of so many others. So thank you for sharing your wisdom and coming on the show today. It means so, so much to me. Oh, Kai, thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. And we will threaten you all with a three-hour episode because I could also (laughs) talk to Kai all day. But thank you for listening. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a delight. Let's do this again sometime. I would love to. I'd love to. (laughs) And thank you, sweet listeners, for tuning into another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kai podcast. We'll see you right back here, same time, same place next week. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please hit subscribe and leave me a review sharing what you loved most. Come hang out with me on Instagram and Facebook to keep the conversation going as we continue to find joy in the journey. Until next time, I am cheering for you, friend. Keep climbing and we'll chat soon.